0: Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com
1: VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz.
2: Good morning everybody, it's Cindy Rakowitz and I have a terrific subject today and a terrific guest. But first, before we introduce the guest and her subject matter, I want to talk about a great publicist, Gail Parenteau. Um, Gail Parento is the best publicist there is in the universe because, you know, when she sends you a media package, boy, she really helps the journalists do their jobs. I haven't seen anything as thorough as this. In, I don't know how long, and I think more publicists should really get with the program and be a little bit more professional because I really don't have to do anything today except for read Gail's questions. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> Are you with us, Michelle? Jeanette. Jeanette. Hello. Hello. Oh hi, I'm here. Is this Michelle Cromer? Yes it is. Oh this is Cindy Rakowitz. Hi. Who's Jeanette? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is she a counterpart that I don't know about? I don't think so.
3: But I'm <laughs> so glad just you mentioned Anne? Gail. Isn't she fantastic? She's just the best.
2: No, she really, really is. I, I met Gail, you know, some time ago. I don't want to date ourselves, but, you know, <laughs> she's very, she's really extraordinary and takes a, a real academic approach to public relations. And, you know, there's not enough people in our generation that really do that. So you're very lucky to have her. But, Thank
3: you. I know. And it's great to be here this morning.
2: It's great to be with you. And, Jeanette, I really appreciate it, too. but <laughs> We all want to congratulate Michelle because she has just, she's celebrating her new release called Exit Strategy, Thinking Out of, Outside the Box, and I believe it's on sale today, isn't it, Michelle? That's correct.
3: This is the first day.
2: Oh, my God. So this is an exciting day for you. It sure is. Okay, great. Well, Exit Strategy, you know, talks about a subject that some of us freeze up over when we hear about it. And, you know, you're one of the people that's trying to, lead this generation Mm -hmm. um, to change their thinking perhaps or feel more comfortable with the notion of accepting death and how you could use a funeral as, you know, something to celebrate, something to communicate, something to symbolize closure very, very much like civilizations for a very, very long time have been doing.
3: Right, exactly. And, And as you mentioned, the baby boomer generation, we're... We're leading the way in, in how America has market products, consume products. We've changed the way people have babies. It used to be men waited in the waiting room. Now we've brought them into that delivery room. And now 79 million of us are changing the way that we view death. And my father did a very amazing thing in that he shared with all of us what he wants to do when his time comes, and that is he wants to be cremated. So I wanted to do something to honor him because he has had such an amazing life and think outside the box, and I began to research all the different avenues that one could explore, and now I have a book.
2: No, it's it's really, it's, I congratulate you for it. I don't know if Gail told you, Michelle, but I'm very involved with an organization called Compassion and Choices.
3: Oh, great. No, I didn't know that.
2: And, um, you know, I, I know that you have your own organization now, too, yes. called Pink Crosses. right. And I just think that they would, you know, you and Compassion and Choices, you and your organization, could definitely co op together to get information out there. It's, you know, by no means competitive, you know, right. when you're in the not-for-profit business. Right. You know, in particular, you know, it's just about getting the word out and, you know, aligning yourselves with the right people. And Compassion and Choices really saved my life, mm. um, and therefore I became a spokesperson for them because they helped nurse my family through my father's death in oh. a very positive way,:
3: Oh, that's fantastic.
2: That's... So that, yeah, so Gail knew that, and that's why she thought we would be a really good match, so um, you well, that,
3: and you mentioned Cindy earlier, and, and it is a difficult subject, so many, so many times, and I've had so many people come up to me and already book signings that I've had and interviews that I've done, and the, the question that they say is, well, how do I talk to my parents about this, And really, the best approach is the direct approach and my hope and my goal is that my book which is very lighthearted a uh, reference book on creative burial options will open up that door to that conversation perhaps someone could say you know dad you could be a golf club you could be shot into space what what is it that you want to do and then that way it's it's a dialogue that doesn't come from oh i don't know it's very i don't know if i can talk about it. you know it comes from a very different perspective
2: no, absolutely. I think that's really great. What I know, I know that you do talk about the different options. Let's talk about it now since okay. you brought it up. I know you bring up diamonds and you bring up cremation. Right, and bring, right, exactly. There's actually 18,
3: eighteen different ways that that one can think outside the box. I one of my favorite stories uh is the you mentioned diamond. My husband, who's 45, alive and well, thank God, is planning ahead, and he's going to be a diamond link bracelet because. You can make 52 diamonds out of one person. I sat with a woman who, whose husband had passed, and she and he had a drink every Friday night with friends, and she made him into a diamond cross. She still goes to the bar on Friday nights. She brings her diamond cross. She orders her husband a beer. She dips the cross in the beer and toasts him, and so she still has drinks with him every week.
2: No, see that's a very—it's a fantastic way of thinking about things spiritually. Very healthy.
3: Absolutely, and there's a big green movement. Thank God, going on around the country in this particular category and the bio-friendly burials. And I—I went to Florida where a company is actually mixing your ashes with into a gigantic reef ball and putting it into the ocean, and it becomes a habitat for fish.
2: So it's really Uh that circle of life really really fantastic again you know for a lot of my listeners today it might be tough to hear two women talking about the fact that we have to celebrate death but that's really the way it is and it's the way that it has been and for some reason in modern times um we've lost the the celebration element of it all that is
3: so true And, and and thinking outside the box helps us do that in that of course in our generation hunter s thompson got shot out of a cannon thanks to johnny depp you can't get more out of the box thinking than that, Scotty got shot into space, which you can also do in a lipstick, lipstick size container on a space shuttle. You can get shot into space.
2: Uh, no, that well, that's quote unquote quote out of this world. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Well, what made you? What made you think of the book?
3: Michelle? Well, really, just thinking uh, when my father announced, and 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 he is ill, and he is going to, um, he is facing a terminal disease, but in. He really did such a considerate thing in sharing with all of us what he wants to do so when that time comes and we're so devastated and we're grieving for him, we don't have to make those choices and try to figure out what it is that he wants. And that's one of the one of the points of the book is just plan, just plan ahead and put it in writing and give it to someone that you trust because oftentimes people will put their final request with a will and then the will is read after the burial. And so we really need to think it. Think ahead and get that information out. And then, like I said, think outside the box. There was a, a family that uh, had a uh, – the mother is 36 years old, and she found out she had terminal cancer, and she decided that she wanted to be put in these gigantic balloons that are released, and they're, they're echo-friendly. When they reach the atmosphere, they break and they dissipate all over the earth, and she had three small children. So I stood in the parking lot of the church and watched the balloons go up, And I saw the children, you know, of course it was very devastating, but every time they see a balloon, they think of their mother and when they want to talk to her, they write her a note, attach it to a balloon, send it to heaven and I think somehow the mother can read that.
2: No, I think that, again, it's really, really cool. It gives a tangible presence to people and particularly for children, Michelle, Mm -hmm. I think that they need to have some kind of tangible presence. Um, You know, in the past, it 's been well, you know, Mommy will be looking after you, mm-hmm. you know she 's with God now
3: mm-hmm, exactly, and and what's the and, and what 's the image that you have and and i when I was interviewing this fantastic pottery woman out in New Mexico who makes gigantic yard art out of cremated remains, she lives on a ranch, and she said oftentimes the first opportunity that a children have in america in the in the suburbs to understand death is. Uh, perhaps the death of a pet, or but it's really not talked about. So it's a confusing subject as well. So my hope is that we can bring that bring that subject out of that back room and into the front room in a very light hearted look. Because I also have sidebar information that's. I tried to keep it quite funny, you know, just interesting facts, like a right-handed person lives nine years longer than a left-handed person, for example. I don't know why that is, but it's a statistic. Isn't that interesting?
2: It, no, it, it is interesting. <laughs> you know, It really, just things really like is. That. But, um, I um no, the book is also, it's easy to carry. You're not going to, I mean, it's just one of those books that you go and pick it up and read it at your leisure and carry it around with you. So where are you doing your autograph sessions and stuff?
3: Well, I just left Philadelphia this week, and then I'm in New York right now. Next week I go to El Paso on the 25th and Austin on the 27th, and then over to Naples, Florida on November the 2nd, Albuquerque on the 11th, San Francisco on November the 15th, and I end up in Cincinnati, Ohio, the Saturday after Thanksgiving.
2: Well good for Penguin Group for you know giving you the support and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, again, sometimes with book companies, it's very, very tough to find support when it gets to the publicity phase and that's why, you know, people like Gail and I are called upon very frequently to help out. But it seems as if from a retail marketing standpoint they've really um, supported you, and oh, yeah. you must be a very extraordinary person, and I have a personality. I hear that you used to work in the advertising business, or you still work in the advertising
3: business. Right, okay. right. I've had an ad agency for, a, well, a couple of decades that's dating me, but yes.
2: We never want... You know, when it gets to be too many decades, we never want to say... <laughs> when we were younger, we always wanted to say, yes, I've been in the business for 10 years, but then when it's been a couple of decades, it's like... Several years. Yeah, exa- over, yeah,
3: that's right. I'll, I'll start saying that. Good point.
2: Oh, you know, exactly right. Several years I've been, you know. <laughs> So um, Gail told me that you would be very entertaining and very articulate, and she was very, very right. Um, t- talk about some other things. I know that you have well, you know, a chapter about going out to sea. Like
3: yes, I do, and, and that, of course, is uh, John F. Kennedy, Jr. was an example of a person that you can be buried by sea. There's a lot of regulations that one has to adhere to. You just can't get in a boat and, and do that, and there are companies, and i referenced that in, on my website, michellecromer.com, and also in the book. And you can, you can go out by air, which... There's a company out of Seattle and all over that can do that. One of the most interesting chapters, I think, and one of the most unusual things that I came across is in Salt Lake City there's a gentleman that will mummify you.
2: Yeah, I read that and I was just fascinated by that. But that seems very... Um, I want to talk about that a little longer, and we have one minute till break. Okay. So let's talk about it in the next segment. I think that mummification is fascinating. Again, it's just so ancient, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to hear some of the thinking behind that, and we'll come back after this break.
0: movie
1: premieres tv specials radio shows film festivals restaurant openings fashion shows charity events yachts parties at rack and roll productions we do everything except make empty promises grand openings book releases speaking engagements television movies radio rack and roll productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production of 2,000 people in fact you've probably seen and heard our work on the e-channel mtv the howard stern show or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rack and roll entertainment.com or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rack and roll
4: Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with president of Trevera's David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Travera's Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel.
5: Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with Attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with Attorney Tom Woodruff.
0: The Powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com
5: Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Cindy Rakowitz.
2: We're back today with um, you know unusual subject matter, but important subject matter. We have author Michelle Cromer, and she's has a new book on sale today called Exit Strategy: Thinking Outside the Box. And there's a little cover line on the book written by one of the producers of Six mm-hmm. Feet Under. It says a surprisingly inspirational and uplifting journey through the myriad through the myriad options for a contemporary last right. That's fantastic. Now tell me, this is a PR and marketing show. Did Penguin manage to go out and get that for the cover, or did you go ahead and get it? Oh, you know Gail.
3: She hit a home run with that. She She's totally responsible for that quote.
2: Uh, well, I had to, I kind of had a feeling because, um, <laughs> you know, it's the kind of thing that Gail would think about. Oh, well, we should get one of those shows that talk about, exactly. you know, the she's... subject matter and make it into a broader topic because people will recognize Six Feet on Time. Right, right, which
3: did a fantastic <laughs> job on this category, I think, and kind of bringing it into a more lighthearted view as well.
2: Well again, you know, Gail is very, Gail Parento, Parento Guidance. You know, she really is one of those unusual publicists that can think about anything outside the box. Right. I mean, you know, she could take any subject matter and make it broader, and that's why I think you're going to become a household name, Michelle. Are you ready for that?
3: I thank you, and I, I trust Gail completely.
2: I mean, you know, exit strategy, go to your bookstores today. Is there a way that you could get it online, Michelle? Yes,
3: you can get it online uh, through Amazon, or you can go on my website, michellecromer.com, and there's a link where you can purchase it like that as well.
2: And I want everybody to go into retail stores and demand their exit strategy. <laughs> Just say, I want my exit strategy. Remember, I want my MTV. I want my exit strategy, thinking outside the box. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, we were talking about mummification, um, and again, tell how did that come back into society today? Because I know it's a fascinating chapter.
3: It, it Well, it is, and you know, back the entire culture of the ancient Egyptians was based on the belief in the afterlife, and they spent their whole life preparing for it. And there's a man in Salt Lake City named Corky Ra, R.A., and he had a life-changing experience and decided that he wanted to form a group called Summon. And start mummification. And like the ancient Egyptian belief, it's not just about his process of immersing the body and preserving it and it's in this particular liquid for six months. It's a very laborious, very intricate uh, process. But he sits with your body through the 49 days of the Tibetan Bardo and zigs and zags you through that and navigates you through the afterlife. And I found that fascinating because mummification in general fascinating, but he was the only person that I interviewed that wasn't just concerned about your body and how that was going to go out, but he was also concerned about getting you over to whatever afterlife the Tibetan Bardo adheres to. Do you see what I mean? It was just really unusual.
2: No, I, well, it is unusual, but you you know when you, when you study history death wasn't interpreted in the same way that many people interpret it now. Exactly, exactly. You know, there's the reason why, you know, I'm going to, you know, recommend your book on my website, I'm also going to talk to the people at Compassion and Choices for listing you as recommended reading is because, you know, what we do at Compassion and Choices is, you know, try to give people, you know, their options, about end-of-life and Mm -hmm. empower them to think about what they're going to do. Um, They don't go into the creative strategies that you you go into Mm -hmm. in your book, and that's why it's a tremendous compliment. But, you know, where they come in is, you know, end-of-life education. And, you know, how important that is to people to really understand, you know, what death means, communicate openly about it, and by all means have health proxies signed and ready Exactly. so the burden doesn't go on the children and that the systems don't take over.
3: Right, exactly. And then have a way that, in a very memorial, memorial way, that you can honor someone. My, as I mentioned my father earlier in the segment, I've decided since we love to play golf together, that there's a company out in San Francisco that can actually put some of his ashes into my driver. So I can well, still play golf yeah, with him.
2: and I thought that, you know, when I saw that chapter, I really laughed. I said, you got I, I, you got to talk about the golf thing because I think men in particular right? will really think differently about
3: it. Right, exactly. So every time I, I tee off and I shank it, I can still blame my dad, you know, because he's in my driver. But you can also be a fishing pole. You can put some ashes in a duck decoy.
2: Oh, you know, it's really amazing how this business is growing in so many creative ways, but I think it's fantastic. Chapter 16, by the way, folks, in Exit Strategy is the 19th poll. Oh. Um, you know, the book also is very lively in itself. I, you know, I love the way that there's illustrations. You make it really fun. And I, I knew when I perused through this book, even before I looked at Gail's materials, that, um, you know, that you were involved in children's books as well. Because, <laughs> right. Well, you know, the
3: illustrations are very, I think, fantastic. The illustrator lives here in New York, David, and he is wonderful and really captured what I wanted in the feel of the book, which is just very fun and very lighthearted.
2: No, it is. And very it's, whimsical. It, it, it doesn't make it a boring read. What, you're, what the illustrator, what you and the illustrator have accomplished is, you know, I mean, it's just incredible, everything from the certificate of death and, you know, to the golf course to... Right,
3: and in the certificate, there's a there's a forest in Idaho, and speaking of a green movement, they will, th- and instead of sending flowers to my friends when they're experiencing the death of a loved one, I send them a certificate where this celebration flor- forest will plant a tree in their honor. It could be a maple or a pine or an oak. But they receive a certificate as to where the tree has been planted. They can come visit the tree. They can even put ashes around the tree, uh, the cremated remains, if they so desire. But an oak tree can live 200 years, and so it's a nice complement to that life that has just gone over into another stage, in my opinion, and then this tree represents this particular life.
2: No, it, it, and, of course, people in the Jewish religion have done that for right. a long Plant a time. Right, a tree, Exactly. You know, the whole thing was to buy a tree in Israel.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) So it's interesting that even in more ancient religions, you find a green element.
3: Exactly. And, And thank goodness we're all realizing we share this planet together. And I think the movement in this category is going towards definitely trying to figure out a way in our exit strategy that we can have fun and be creative, but consider the environment as well. And that's just such an important point.
2: No, it is. And if people from paper companies and rubber companies would stop cutting down all of those trees. Exactly, exactly. Um, But it is. It's a way to resolve a macro problem Mm -hmm. and be a part of the universe. And, um, again, Michelle, it's so funny to me, and I'm wondering if you're coming across it too. You know, we're talking about something that's been around for a long time. We're talking about something that's so inevitable, and yet so many people fear it. And why? Why do people fear it?
3: And I think they fear it because we haven't done a good job of speaking about it. And that's really been the case for, for so long. But as we mentioned, mummification, the Egyptian the Egyptian way of death, their whole life they talked about death because death was just the doorway into something else. And they believed that with all their heart. So they didn't fear it. In fact, a person who wasn't a pharaoh could spend almost half of the money they made in their life just in their exit tomb or whatever they whatever their exit was. So Americans, I think, are sort of coming around to that because we are, you know, thanks to people like Hunter S. Thompson being shot out of the cannon, there's a conversation that you can have. You know, it's just that sort of that sort of thinking that's now bringing it into the forefront of our conversations in a very positive way, I hope.
2: No, no, it, it really, I, I agree with you completely. I think... Um, and many of the people that I've communicated with believe that if you accept death, your quality of life will be 100% better.
3: That is so true, because don't you look at it from a different perspective. Everything sort of gets gets thought out in a different angle, I think.
2: It really does. It really does. Um, you know, I know, I, again, I'm kind of, because I'm sort of, you know, embrace this as part of my life, like mm-hmm. you have. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I don't know. Ever since I've you know, open myself up to it and educate people about end-of-life decisions. Um, I I just look at life as something so precious. You know, the fear that a lot of people have in life, you know, anxiety, whatever it might be that the fear, you know, that the fear is causing, sort of dissipates. So your quality of life just increases and everything becomes sort of a pleasure. It's not like it's going to end. It's just going to
3: continue. Right, and don't you appreciate things a whole lot more with that attitude?
2: You, you, you appreciate things. You appreciate people. people I, you know, it just relationships. Becomes, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a whole different way of looking at things. And, you know, I just applaud you so much for packaging it in a book this way. You know, your team, it's, Really, people, exit strategy, thinking outside the box, if you really learn to embrace the inevitable, because, you know, let's face it, we're all going to die, okay? Mm-hmm. You're going to enjoy life more. We're going to have to take another break, Michelle, but we have two more segments, and uh, I'm very excited about this show. So hang on, stand Thanks. by, and we'll be back.
0: Unlimited talk at your fingertips. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything. ...except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E-Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show... ...or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions... Visit us online at www.Rack Entertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L-Entertainment.com. Or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. wwwr
0: Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com. Cindy Rakowitz
5: has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clio's. Call in now at 1 866 472 5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Now back to Stars of PR with Cindy R.
2: We're back with Michelle Cromer, author of Exit Strategy, Thinking Outside the Box, on sale today at bookstores throughout the country Um, and also available on michellecromer.com. Is that right, Michelle? That's right. Okay, and through Amazon, of course. And Michelle and I are having a fascinating conversation, if you're just tuning in, about changing the way we communicate and think about death And Exit Strategy actually provides a menu, a very exciting menu of things that the family could sit around the fireplace and discuss. That's right. um, As if you're planning a wedding. And I think that's the way people should look at death. So, um, however, Michelle, I have to say that, you know, and this is easy to handle, really. It's Some religious groups really would fight us to, you know, um, you know, to our own death early if they knew that we were having this show right now. And I'd like to know what you think about that, because I just think that religious groups should be open to ways of thinking that have been around for much longer than their religions have been. Oh, absolutely. Well, the Catholic Church several decades ago said that it was okay to
3: go ahead and, and, and form a cremation, which was which was fantastic. A lot of people don't realize that, and of course, a lot of traditional Christians have have not wanted to be cremated because of a a verse saying, you know, Jesus will come back and, and receive your body, but now I think everyone is realizing that those particular scriptures are just a matter of interpretation, and that's really not the case, and that cremation is so much healthier for our planet, for our society, and it's also less expensive than a traditional funeral. And there's nothing wrong with a traditional funeral if that's, if that's what you want to do. You can still think outside the box and you can still have a green funeral. But I think if we all realize that we are sharing this earth together and that we should try to do something in our exit that helps the planet, then cremation is really a better selection.
2: Well, and also I think that, let's face it, just like you know, any major decision that we have in our lives, I think that it's really about choice. Right. Choice, education. I mean, whether it's who you are going to marry or, you mm-hmm. know, what you're going to name your baby. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, you know, how you're going to die is a very personal choice. And I think that, you know, it's very um, myopic for religious groups to try to interfere with that kind of personal planning. And I know I sound sacrilege, but that's my. Mo, you know, I worked for Playboy for fifteen years. So, (laughs) right, (laughs) right, right. You know, looking at naked women was a matter of choice too. But everybody all got up in arms about it all the time. Um, You know, it's a sin to pose nude and all of this kind of stuff. And you know, again, what the Catholic religion does, as an example, is it just sort of instills fear wherever it can. And, I mean, okay, it works for some people, managing by fear. I understand it, but is that really the best way to live life?
3: Well, and I think that, as you mentioned earlier, if we're if we're all planning ahead and, like you said, we're choosing the, the names of our children, why not sit with our family and say, I've had the most incredible life. I have been an individual thinking in every aspect of that life, and I want to do something incredible. I love glass, and I want to be blown into glass because I want to have an heirloom that you can pass down because we as baby boomers do not go back to cemeteries, and that is statistical fact. We're a transit society. We bury the people and we don't actually go back and visit. But if you have something like a beautiful piece of sculpture or glass that you can take with you as you move and pass down, I think it's a lot more reflective of a person that had this in- incredible, amazing life, which we all do, because we're all individuals, and so why not really plan ahead and think about something amazing that we want to do?
2: Yeah, and you know what? It's so much better and so much more tangible, instead of fighting over, you know, jewelry and stuff like that, which tends to happen only because the emotions are out of whack. Sure. You know, family gets upset, so they start like, oh, no, I want this, I want these earrings if it's not planned out I mean, if it's planned, there's none of that. It's like well, can, the sister gets one earring, some... the other sister gets some...
3: another <laughs> Exactly. There's a funeral etiquette, a funny funeral etiquette page in my book, because in Texas we have been to many funerals in my life, and every single funeral in Texas people bring a beer. But one of my funeral etiquette ex- examples is open the beer can outside because you can hear it on the inside. And another one, all of these are things that I have witnessed my grandmother actually walked up to a casket, opened up the lid and took earrings off of my aunt because they were hers because like, she just couldn't wait. I mean, so I know. That, and if you want to be turned into jewelry, there's a chapter where you can you you can make that jewelry into as many pieces as you want to represent that particular person.
2: Oh, exactly right. Exactly right. And you also talk about clay, feats of clay.
3: Right. Uh, Beth Mincer out in New Mexico is doing fantastic things with pottery and she sits with the family or speaks with them on the phone and really gets a uh, an idea of what that particular person was like. In the chapter I discussed Tori who had a father who passed away and they were trying to decide what particular way they're going to to m- remember him and she remembers when she heard the news that her father had passed, she opened up the the window and there was an owl and it hooted seven times and she really felt like that was her father communicating with her saying hey I'm okay and life goes on and I miss you and I'll see you again and so they made him into this gigantic owl
2: and as as clearly depicted in the wonderful illustration. Right, exactly. You know, um, again, this book is really fantastic, Exit Strategy, Thinking Outside the Box, on sale today. Michelle Cromer is the author. Is it listed um, on your website where you're going to be during your media tour? Yes. Okay, so if you're anywhere listening in the U.S. of A., go into michellecromer.com, and you are going to see where you might be able to meet her in person. Thank you. Um, Now I know. Well, we still have (laughs) a lot of time left. You know, we have about a segment and a half, but I want people to go and meet you and if they have any questions, talk to you about it. Also, I wanted to, you know, bring up the point that just because a person is advocating creative ways of thinking, that doesn't mean that you're saying not to do a traditional funeral.
3: Right, exactly, because you can still be very creative in a traditional funeral if that's what you want. If someone liked dark chocolate, then by all means, let's have some dark chocolate at the, at, you know, pass it out at the funeral or certainly when you're at the burial or whatever it is that can make that person. There's something that I learned at the National Funeral Directors Association that's very popular in traditional funerals right now is uh, they – licensed now professional sports teams that can be put on the top of a casket, for example. So if you are a Red Sox fan, then you can have that particular emblem on your casket. So that many men may want to take advantage of that.
2: No, I think that's very true. But the conventional funeral homes generally give you that kind of choice
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, I- if you go into I mean, are, are funeral homes, which are pretty old school, mm-hmm. savvy to these things yet, or is your book going to make them more savvy?
3: Well, when I was walking and talking to those particular people a couple of days ago in Philadelphia, I was so, so surprised that there were so many people, fourth generations, for example, in the funeral industry that are now embracing these sort of ways of of cremation and, and thinking outside the box. They actually have the brochures on their desk and if someone comes in and says, I'm not really sure about a traditional funeral, most of them are becoming very open because I think they're realizing the category is changing and the market is changing and that train is pulling out of the station and they better get on board because if someone walks in and says, I don't want a traditional funeral, I want to do something creative, they need to have the information available to help that particular person. Are they going to lose a sale? So I think that they are coming around. It's been a slow process, but I think it is happening. I do feel that it is.
2: Well, let me ask you a question. You know, there are conventions and stuff, and I'm Mm -hmm. sure Gail already thought about this because she thinks about everything. Uh You know, there are gatherings and conventions and trade shows, you know, for funeral directors. Oh, yeah. Uh
3: Uh-huh. And I just went to the national one myself.
2: Okay. I, I figured as much, but... You know, my show is about PR and marketing, so I have to bring up the creative ways. Of, oh, <laughs> sure. Know? Yeah. I mean, if they, I think that every funeral director should have this book.
3: I do too, because I, it really. In fact, I networked all of my companies. If if a funeral home or director will call them and ask them to perform a service, they will provide them a commission for that phone call. I mean, why not? It's just all about helping that consumer. It's about service and and giving giving someone the best possible options they could have.
2: Right, no, exactly right, and you know, I found in the dealings that I've had with funeral homes, which unfortunately have has been a lot. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I guess the last time was two years ago with the passing of my father, but oh, sorry, the choices that. that they provided were just so limited—a Jewish funeral home, a Jewish old-fashioned, you know, mm-hmm. funeral home. You know, here's your casket, and you know, if you want to cremate, even though Judaism right. yeah. doesn't embrace cremation. The funeral home would definitely arrange for your urn and, mm-hmm. you know, arrange for the body transfer and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, I wanted more choices. I found it to be very staid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want, I wanted the urns to be, I wanted more variety. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> and I think
3: you're, I think you're not alone in that. And certainly our generation of baby boomers are, are really changing that. And as I walked the halls of the National Funeral Directors Association, I saw a lot of beautiful pieces that that are just so not traditional. So I do think that category is definitely embracing. And I and one of my chapters and I saw them also is uh, Americans are growing in width and size. And there's a company called Goliath. So if you find yourself weighing over 350 pounds, there's actually a company that can assist you as well. And I'm sorry, online? Uh, it's called Goliath Caskets, and it's for it's for those. People that find themselves over 350 pounds.
2: Oh, oh, God, I, I didn't get you at first, so now I'm getting it. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's, it's called it's, supersize me. Yeah, so. Uh, supersize me, yes, yeah, and supersize super then.
3: Right, exactly, but the, it goes to the point of the, the funeral category is really looking at what's going on in America today and trying to really help and market and provide a service that reflects our community and i think they are doing that slowly but surely but i do feel that it is happening
2: i no, i think that it's true too we're going to take another break and then we have one more segment together and we'll promote your book some more, and we'll promote you some more <laughs> and i hope you're having a good time on the Absolutely. show it's a little different a little bit more creative but we'll come back in just a sec thanks michelle cromer we'll be back
1: So I my to get
0: home. Streaming the world over. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything. Except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and roll productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the e-channel, MTV, the Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and roll productions. Visit us online at www.rack That's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L entertainment com or call 1-818-597-0700 movie premieres charity events TV specials radio show. rock and roll productions we do it all www.raknrollentertainment.com rollentertainment.com
0: The woman MVP who sets you free with host, entrepreneur, author, motivational speaker, corporate executive, philanthropist, wife and mother, Luann Mitchell-Halter, is an exciting and provocative look at the real world with real exciting guests and real stories of triumph and professionalism with a dash of spice sharing recipes for a better world on all the playing fields of life. Join Luann Mitchell-Halter as she and her guests uncover and expose us to our abilities to create our very own Big League MVP, My Victory Plan, Potential for Greatness. The Woman MVP Who Sets You Free with Luann Mitchell-Halter broadcasts each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. The Woman MVP Who Sets You Free. It's time to get off the bleachers, play the game of life, and be the MVP. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Get free advice from Crisis Communications Guru Cindy Rakowitz
5: now. Call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now let's get back to more stars of PR. Here's your host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz.
2: We're back, we're back, we're back with Exit Strategy, Thinking Outside the Box, author Michelle Cromer, changing the way that people think about life and death. Um, you know, Michelle, you're on your book tour, and right. um, it's a very exciting time for you, and I, did you have your first autograph session yet? I, well, out? I did in
3: Phoenix, actually. Uh, I was up there at the, at the borders on, this, on the 6th, so it, it started a couple of weeks ago.
2: Oh, okay. Phoenix is the home of Voice America. So... Oh, really? <laughs> yes, it is. That's where they're based. Um, you know, so did you? how did you find the people that were buying books when they were talking to you and you were giving autographs?
3: Well, I found them so receptive to the category and the discussion, which was so, I, I, I have to tell you, I was a little concerned at first, but everyone wanted to share what they wanted to do or what they had heard somebody wanted to do or what their parents wanted to do. And it just was a way for everyone to start, talking and we ended up it ended up being hours because you know everyone wanted to really have a format where they could communicate and I felt so fortunate that I was able to provide that.
2: Oh it's great. We'll talk a little bit about your foundation that you set up called Pink Crosses.
3: Thank you so much for bringing that up because it's so close to my heart, and the proceeds of the book are going to the foundation. And in my part of the world, in our sister city, I live in El Paso, Texas, is Juarez, Mexico. And unfortunately, there's been over 400 murders of girls between the ages of 12 and 24, all from poor working families. And the foundation is not about solving any murders. The first phase was to offer identification of those girls to provide comfort and closure for the families so that they could have the peace the second phase is that we are actually educating the sisters of the victims because it's extremely uncommon for a poor girl to have a college education. And so, for example, Jessica is now a sophomore at the University of Wadas. No one in her family has ever been to school, and she's majoring in international business. And I really feel, Cindy, if we can educate one girl, maybe she can change a nation. And I am so proud of the work that the foundation is doing.
2: I I know I think that's I'm really it's it's just fantastic. I want is there a website for it yet or is that on the shelf? It's on my website. website.
3: I have a link to Pink Crosses.
2: Okay. Well again, look for Pink Crosses. It's um you know, if the listeners that I have today are curious about choices and curious about foundations related to the choices make sure you go into michellecromer.com so not only can you follow her around the country buy her book but also know what else she has talked you're a little empire in yourself yourself <laughs> and you're you are writing children books children's books too I right i wrote a
3: children's book again about the subject of death it snows in heaven about a dog named smoky and a boy named sam and smoky dies and where does he go and so that kind of helps children understand what the process you know what maybe happens afterwards
2: Okay, and in closure, when you don't have a traditional funeral, what do you suggest?
3: If you do not have a traditional funeral, I would just recommend that you do three things. You plan what you want, you think outside the box to reflect your creative life, and you consider the environment, please, and try to do something that's going to help this planet.
2: No, I, I, really, I really believe that too. Do you, did you decide what you wanted to do yet, well, Michelle?
3: Well, there's so many ways. I want to be blown into glass. I want to turn into a, a, a putter for my husband. I want to be put into a golf club. <laughs> just, I want to be <laughs> in, the, in the trees and fireworks. There's this fantastic company that will pack you into fireworks and then it's orchestrated through this beautiful medley of music on the California coast. It's just fantastic. So there's well, so many ways it's hard to make a decision.
2: No, it is. And, again, everybody has to pick up this book, Exit Strategy, which provides a creative menu for you to pick out how you want to go with a blaster or a bang or with trees or whatever you want to do or in the fishy with the sea. You know, right. The you know what you want to do, Cindy, <laughs> Excuse me? Do you, do you know what you want to do? Well, you know, my husband and I both have definitely decided that we're not going to have traditional burials. We do not have plots. Because mm-hmm. we've become very familiar with cremation through our own families, which made it very personal for us mm-hmm. um, and we've talked to our children about it and all of that kind of stuff, and everybody seems to accept the fact that you you do become you can become a part of the environment that way and The way that we we celebrated the death of my mother and my father is that you know, because they died within 10 years of each other, uh-huh. is we, you know, mixed the ashes together, which is uh-huh. their wishes, uh-huh. and my sister and I had no spiritual disagreements. Um, and my sister was a little bit more hesitant than I am in the process, you know. And we ended up going to Lake Mead in Las Vegas because they wanted to be in water.
3: Mm, nice. That's great.
2: And we just took their remains and we, you know, poured it, near Lake Mead and in Lake Mead, and it became a very ceremonial thing with the kids. And the kids and my sister and everybody got really into it. At first, people were kind of hesitating to touch the remains because, you know, it's remains. Right, (laughs) right, right. Something became very tribal about it, Michelle, and my sister really got into it. I mean, she just started putting both. At first, I had this little bowl, you know, kind of Mm -hmm, like the Mayans mm -hmm. did and all that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. You know, trying to be very um, careful with the remains and treating them as being sacred. Mm -hmm. But the thing that got everybody into it was digging their hands to it it and, like, putting it into the water and the sand themselves. It really made them feel a part of their spirit and a part of the body. And everybody sort of lost the fear that, oh, my God, these are remains. Right, exactly. And And
3: I've heard that so many times across this country that people, you know, first of all, oftentimes the first time people see cremated remains, it's a little shocking because it's not what you expect. But then after you embrace the activity, whatever it may be, it's a way of, honoring that person, and it provides closure to the person that's participating, don't you think?
2: It was the best closure, especially for the kids. And I don't mean to sound, you know, morbid or anything, but, you know, listen, the kids at the time were ages seven and up, okay? Mm -hmm. But, you know, for the seven-year-old, you know, boy, Mm -hmm. it provided for him a way to have fun with, you know, Papa and Grandma. Right. And And say goodbye and made him feel a real part of the process rather sure. than a removed part of the process.
3: And that's his last memory, and it will be a, a happy, positive image for him.
2: Oh, no, exactly right. And we all have um, our own little urns. Oh, you great. Know, with the parts of the remains that we didn't, you know, carry exactly. at sea or at Lake Mead, which is probably now somewhere in Hawaii. Right, right. exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. um, you know, it's it's really nice to have... Um, and earn in your home. And like you mentioned before, Michelle, it's, you always feel like your parents are with you. Right. They're not at this place that you have to save for other days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not at this place that you feel guilty about when you don't get to go and see them. Mm-hmm. they 're just always a part of your everyday lives it's very comforting, and I
3: think you make a good point in that you don't have to choose just one thing or do one thing because you can keep a little of them and honor them, and they can always be a part of your life in a small container or in a small glass or or something and still be able to put them in balloons or blow them into space or shoot them out of rockets or you know have all of the different activities so that it becomes a participation between those that have passed and those that are still here. It honors them in a very respectful way.
2: No, it really, really does. But the only thing that I have to say as a warning for people that want to celebrate and change the way people think in a very positive way, Michelle, is the fact that not everybody is going to be ready to embrace it. Right. And I think people sort of have to expect the fact that when you're a pioneer, and you're doing anything that might be different or anything that might change behavior, you know, not everybody is going to be, you know, front row seat fans.
3: And you're, and you're right, and, and you're the type of person that have really pushed the envelope in the edge in your own life, and that's an extremely important observation, and it's important to let people that don't really feel like being gung-ho about an activity or something, then that's okay. That's their way of dealing with this particular death. And it's it, a it, process. Everyone grieves differently.
2: But I think thanks to you, Michelle, and the very entertaining way that you've put together Exit Strategy, Thinking Outside the Box, um, I think people in the next five years will start thinking differently. This book is going to be a word-of-mouth book that's going to be passed around at offices and stuff like that. I'm hoping that it's the kind of book that, you know, when people know that somebody is thinking about death in their family, that this is passed on to them or given out as a gift so that people could just think of alternatives. And by all means, if people want to stay conventional, let them stay conventional. This exactly. is just about options.
3: Exactly. exactly. All right,
2: well, listen, we have to finish it up. It's so it's so hard when we're having fun, Michelle, <laughs> because we could stay on the phone for two hours, of course, <laughs> but we can't. Um, exit strategy, thinking outside the box. Michelle Cromer, my wonderful guest today, www.michellecromer.com. Please go out and buy Exit Strategy so you could learn about your own options. Knowing about death and not fearing death is the best way to celebrate life. How's that? Perfect. All right, Michelle, listen, lots of luck to you. Thank you. Sound you sound like a fantastic person, and um, really, all the luck in the world. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having me. me today. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific time for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. We'll see you next week.